Hola, hola. It's your girl, Erica, from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome. And I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach and I'm a bold stand for confidence. And I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. How are you? I hope that you're doing good. I am in the middle of writing my book, and this shit is hard work, y'all. Let me tell you what. Um, But I'm really pumped, and I'm really excited because I've been wanting to write this for so long, and there has never been a better time than now. I have recently realized through chatting with my husband that, you know, I have been researching confidence for the past two years since doing the Queen of Confidence business, since launching this podcast, since launching the Sisterhood, which is my global coaching program and working with 200 plus women in 13 countries and really studying this work. So I am so damn excited to bring this to you like you have no idea because yeah, I've been working it. I've been working it and I got a lot of stories and you know, a lot of different different aspects and different looks at confidence that maybe most people don't see it like that. So I'm pumped, but writing is so difficult. Oh my God, I'm so messy. I got shit everywhere. But it's cool because there's no right way to do it, right? As long as you get the shit done and you do it in your own process, in your own creativity. My Gemini ass has got papers everywhere and post-it notes. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. My husband's looking at me like, girl, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing it my way. So it's all good. It's been fun. I wanted to come to you with this message because, you know, so many of us, suffer with grief and so many of us you know have an issue with death and I wanted to talk about this because I realized I don't have any episodes about death and dealing with grief and I wanted to share a really important concept that I learned and one of my amazing mentors who I love to death Miss Byron Katie taught me really she taught me next level this this concept and this understanding that you know no one really dies And I want to share it with you, whether you've read the book or you haven't read her work or you haven't studied Byron Katie yet. I I really want to share this concept with you and the way that it helped me and the way that I see it. Because the more I work on myself, the more I go into the rabbit hole of, you know, healing my past and healing my life and managing my mind and being responsible for the way I think and feel and what I'm reacting to, the more I am able to really reconcile with what is and what can come and what can happen. And we're in the middle, I'm recording this in the middle of our, you know, global pandemic situation. And, you know, I have two young children and I have a husband. And if you're, if you're new here, I, I, my husband passed away. My first husband passed away. And so I used to have this big fear that my next husband would pass away and that everybody was going to die and I was going to be left alone. And, you know, and that is a possibility, but it's also fear based and it's past based. And so I wanted to do this podcast because so many of you out there have lost people or will lose people. I mean, what we know for sure is that just as we were born, we will die. It's probably the most secure thing. The only thing that we can count on is that we will pass away from this physical plane from this physical life, we will, we will die. Everybody does. And if it's something that we know for sure is going to happen, how is it that it's still something that we struggle with as, 
you know, as humans, we, we still haven't overcome this fear of death or this, this mourning when someone dies and how we feel about it and how it affects us so greatly. It affects everyone, you know? And, and so I think it's such an interesting topic to talk about. And I wanted to give you a bit of insight from my own life as to how, as to how I dealt with death and how I see it now. You know, I, 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 recently we had a miscarriage when my son who now is two and a half was being created right before him we had a miscarriage and I believe that was him trying to come through and it wasn't the right time that's what I believe I don't know the truth but I believe that and it serves me so you got to believe what serves you right and so for me I really got to make peace with death after studying Byron Katie's work and realizing that when my husband died, I had never had, first of all, I had never had anybody die in my whole life. I didn't know what death was. I didn't know anybody who died. There was a kid in my high school who passed away from a car accident, but I didn't know him. You know, I ended up going with everybody to the, to the funeral, but I didn't know him. And I never met anybody who died. And then the first person who dies in my life was my husband. And I took that really badly. And when you ask about how do you grieve... There's no process of grief. I don't care what therapist you see. I don't care if you're a therapist and you have a 10-step, 5-step, 7-step grieving process. No. I think every human being will grieve the way they need to grieve. And it is not going to be a cookie-cutter way. And it should not be. It should be exactly what you need. There should be presence in your grief. There should be an intention as to how you want to feel. There should be expression. There should be everything you need it to be. It's hard because you go, how long do I grieve for? Am I going to turn to depression? Well, if you don't grieve, you suppress. And then when you suppress, which is exactly what I did, by the way, I suppressed everything. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. I cried a little bit and then I pushed it all down. Because for me, I had a fear that if I sat there and cried about it and air quotes dealt with Gio's death, that I would get mentally ill. Why was I fearful of that? My mom grew up bipolar. I grew up with my mom, sorry, who was bipolar. And I made it mean that if I cried too much, like her, when her dad died, she told me the story. I cried too much and I got sick. And my little brain made it mean that next time someone dies in my life, if I cry too much, air quotes, whatever the hell that means, I too will get bipolar. These All these deep-seated subconscious shit, you know what I'm saying? So for me with Geo, I ended up going, I can't deal with this. It's so much. It's so full on. I'm just going to pretend it's not actually happening and pretend that I'm okay. And that did not serve me because I suppressed a lot of it, which meant I drank a lot of alcohol, which was the thing that actually he got into an accident drinking and driving. And so you think I would not never drink again. I mean, I broke my back drinking and driving the next year. Geo died drinking and driving. What did I turn to? Drinking and driving and numbing out and getting into bad relationships and pretending that none of that was going on. And it wasn't until I went and met with a coach and resurfaced that, that I had, that I had seen what I was doing. I purposefully didn't do it. It was a subconscious thing I was doing to protect myself. And so I want you to know the point of the story. I've talked about this in other episodes, so I won't go deeper into that. But the point of the story is you need to grieve the way you need to grieve. And there is no process. You have to ask yourself what is helpful for you. If at the time you need to cry a lot and you need to be alone and that feels good for you, great. Until it doesn't. If you start feeling unsafe, call a friend you know, reach out. Going back to work really helped me. I was in the army at the time and I was working nine to five in, in the unit that I lived in Orlando, Florida. I was in the unit nine to five in the office. And it really, I was really angry when they asked me to come back to work because I'm like, I'm grieving. How dare you? And I was on my high horse. I was really pissed off. I was looking for someone to blame. 
And my boss at the time, Captain Simmons, shout out Captain Simmons. She was like, why don't you come back to work? And I was like, I don't want to come back to work. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. Like my husband just died and I had been out for, I think a couple of months. I think, I don't even know the time went by so weird. And as soon as I got to work, I had something to distract my mind. I had something to do. I had people around me and it did help me feel better. And it really helped me recover and come back to real life. And so you have to sit with grief how you have to sit with grief. There's no rushing it. And I want to say out of my own experience that it's not something that you overcome and that's it. It may be reactivated. It depends how deep you go. It depends how much you process it. It depends how much you suppressed it. It depends how big it was for you. Every human has their own individual experience. And so what may be not a big deal for one is a big deal for the other. So there's no judgment when it comes to grief. We can't put judgment on grief. We can't put judgment on how we process someone's death. You know, I remember going, oh my God, it's too soon to date someone. What am I doing? And judging it. And it wasn't my judgment. I was thinking about what his family was going to say. I was thinking, what is this family going to say if they know I'm dating someone? If they know I got married? If they know I had kids? You know, if I live by their, their pretend standards that I am making up in my own mind, it's never. You know, what is right for me right now is to find partnership, is to not be alone, is to find a relationship that serves me. And so many of us sit in the judgment. So many of us look to others to, to see how long we should be grieving for, or look to our therapist to tell us, hey, is this normal? None of this shit's normal. You are figuring it out by your own experience. And guess what? The key word is your own experience. It's your experience. How I went through Gio's death and how I go through grieving and my miscarriage process is not the same as how you're going to go through it. So you really need to be able to have that freedom for yourself so that you can actually decide what's going to serve you best and how you're going to process it best. I've got clients that recently lost their parents and it's really sad, really sad. And, and I want you to notice as well, like, wow, losing my parent, that's really hard. Oh, losing my child is harder. It's like nothing is harder. It's all really difficult. It's all hard to swallow. You know, when I listened to Byron Katie's work and, and the thing that I got from her was no one really dies. She didn't say that. That's what I got from it. And here's why. She, in her book, Loving What Is, has an encounter with a woman who I believe she's talking about her, her husband dying or her father dying. I can't remember. I've, there's so many amazing parts of that book. But basically, she says, he's dead. He died. And Byron Katie said, he died. Is that true that he is dead? And the girl's looking at her like, honey, are you crazy? Yes, he's dead. What do you mean? Is it true that he's dead? I went to the funeral. He's not around anymore. He's not here. He passed away. I don't like the word dead because I think it's disrespectful, but I'm saying it in a context of like in the example, he's dead. He passed away. And Byron Katie's like, okay, when he was alive, where was he alive? And the girl's like, in his home, in the town he lived in. Did he live with you? No. Okay. So when you thought about him, where was he alive? Where did you used to think about him? And she's like, in my mind. And where else did you hold him? In my heart. Okay, cool. So he lives in your mind and he lives in your heart. Now he's supposedly dead or he's passed away. Where is he still alive? And what she's getting to is like, is he still alive in your heart? Does he still exist in your heart and in your head? Because if he's not dead in your heart or dead in your head, he's still alive. There is still life there with him in the memory. Because even when he was alive, unless you saw him every single day and he sat in front of you, how did you know he was alive? He was alive in your, in your memories. He was alive in your feelings, in your heart, in your thoughts. 
And so when you think about this, it sounds like, oh, yeah, whatever. Honestly, I'm telling you right now from personal experience, it makes me emotional. My husband passed away when I was 23 years old. I'm 36. I'm going to be 37 this year. And it was only last year, only last year that I believe I brought my husband back to life. Meaning I brought his thoughts, his, his visuals, his stories, his memories, his music. I brought him back to life. I literally didn't think about him. I thought, well, he's gone. What's the point? You know, uh, uh, you know, he left. It's over. I need to get over this. I need to heal my shit. I need to blah, blah, blah. And I never thought about him. I didn't, I didn't bring him back into my world. I talked about him somewhat with my family, with my husband, but I didn't really breathe life back into that memory of Gio. And I remember listening to Byron Katie and practicing this and letting myself play music and as I found myself finding songs, those songs found me, by the way, those songs found me. And I heard a song and I'm like, wow, that reminds me of Geo. And I saved it to a playlist called Geo, one song. And then I found two songs, 10 songs. This whole playlist developed. My children started listening to it. I found photos. I pulled the photos out. I started talking about him. I started just find, figuring out and remembering what music he liked, what records we used to play, perfume, clothes, colors, sports teams, blah, 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 boom. And he is back and fully alive in me, fully alive in my thoughts, fully alive in my heart. He's alive in my home. He's alive in my current marriage, in my children who are four and two and a half years old. He is alive. But he died in 2006. Sorry, 2007. He died in 2007. It's 2020. And he's alive to me. I know it's not the same that you can go hug them and touch them and feel them. But honestly, depending on what you believe, your religious, spiritual, ritualistic practice and beliefs, I've had encounters with Gio. I have. I have had encounters. I've had messages from him. I've had a physical hug from him. That's for a whole nother podcast. Through someone else. I feel blessed. I feel like he's around. I feel like he is helping me weave everything I want. And not he who I knew him to be. The energy of him. The soul of him. The spirit of him. Not he dressed that way, speaking that way. Not he from the physical plane that I knew so many years ago. It's another understanding. I get to develop a new relationship with him. And his spirit. And, and I want to tell you that to me he's not dead. To me he's alive and thriving more than ever in me. He's living in me. He's living in my children. He's living in my life. He's living right now. And, and it's what we, you get to have that experience. Should you choose to believe that? Or we grieve. We sit in suffering. The person doesn't exist anymore. They're literally gone from every aspect. We don't look at their photos. We don't open up those albums. We don't talk about them. We don't play their music. We don't share the memories. We don't laugh and smile about them. We don't watch their videos and photos. We don't celebrate their life. I've been addicted to the movie Coco recently because we, we saw it maybe... We saw it a long time ago, but we didn't get to watch it. And then we recently have been home because of COVID and we're like, let's watch this movie. 
And I'm telling you right now, it is the best movie. I can't, I'm so happy my boys love that movie because the understanding of death and the day of the dead and the celebration and the photos and the ofrenda, you know, and keeping them alive and connecting with the dead and making it a celebration, like, you know, whatever you want to believe, but I want to believe things that serve me. I want to believe things that make me feel good. I want to believe things that empower my life and my choices. That's what I want to believe. I don't want to choose suffering. And guess what? You can choose. The reality doesn't change. What do you believe? Are you believing something that's that's helping you suffer? Are you believing something that's helping you stay in a place of non-awakening, in a place of non-empowerment, in a place where you're dragging and you're not inspired and you feel sorry for yourself and you're in self-pity and you're feeling shit and everything's sad news? Or are you living in a place where you can empower yourself with memory and information and you create your own rituals and you bring them back? And listen to me, this is not for you if somebody died a week ago. I'm not talking to you about this. This has taken me years. He died in 2006 keep saying 2006 it's 2007 he died 567 in America we say five like the day like the the month the day the year and I'm in Australia and we do the opposite so May 6 2007 so 567 just think about it if you just recently had somebody pass away be prepared for your own mourning journey be prepared for your own grieving journey it, it's not an overnight thing. And if you feel good, if the person you loved passed away and you could be with the way they passed away and it felt fine to you and they were really ill for a long time and you knew it was coming and you were preparing yourself and you honored them and it was good for you and you feel good right now, trust that. Trust that. Don't take on other people's shit. You know, my grandma died recently and my mom, I wasn't really close to my grandma. When I was little, I was, but I wasn't as, as, as I was older. And my mom, who I thought was going to go crazy and be sick, she did so good. She was fine. Another part of our family member who, you know, they, they didn't have the relationship they think they had with my grandma. And they lost their shit. They made a big scene about it. They made a big deal. They complained to everybody. They were trying to put their shit on other people. And my mom refused. She's like, you know what? I'm going to honor what I know and honor what I think and let that shit be your problem. And I really honor my mom for that because I didn't think she was going to act like that. She allowed the experience to be what she needed. She sat with her. She prayed with her. She did what she did. She let it go. And now she thinks about her, has photos of her and talks about her and that's it. There's no need of suffering. These people that we loved are not suffering. They're in a much better area and a much better place. And I believe, this is my belief. Please don't think I'm telling you to believe this. My belief is that they don't leave. They're still here. We just can't see them. I believe they're in another dimension. They're in another plane of existence where our physical human eyes, our physical human bodies and, and our five senses can't see them. But if you're in tune with your sixth sense, if you're in tune with that, you will be able to feel them around you. You will be able to contact them. If you're living in the five senses where it's like, if I can't see it, feel it, touch it, taste it, fucking smell it or hear it, it doesn't exist, then you're going to struggle. But if you can tune into something else, if you can tune into their energy, if you can do some work with that, you get to have them around, even in dreams. I dream sometimes about Gio. Gio came to me in a dream and said goodbye to me the day, like two days after his funeral. And I know, like I know legit that was for real. Like there's no way that that was bullshit. And so the grieving process and losing someone is different for every person. It's different for everybody. 
But I want you to understand that it is normal to be sad. It is normal to feel how you feel. It is normal to take the time you need to take. And when you're ready, reintroduce that person back into your life. Light candles for them. Celebrate them. Like we celebrate Gio's birthday. We celebrate his death day. We celebrate these things. We got photos. We talk to the kids about it. We have serious open conversations about it. I talk about him like he's my good friend. I tell Hamish about my memories about him. I, when I dream about him, I talk about it. I bring life to it. I don't let it just be an old thing that's gone with the wind and it doesn't exist anymore. And you get to bring life to whatever you want. You get to talk about and bring energy and attention. How do you bring energy? You bring attention. How do you breathe life back into something? You give it attention. Do a playlist. Some of the things I do, I did a playlist. The perfume, whenever I'm at the shops, I didn't buy the perfume. I don't want to smell it every single day, right? But I, I will walk by when I'm in one of the shops and I'll spray it and be like, oh, that smells like Geo. And I let that, like, thank you. Beautiful. If I'm walking somewhere and I smell something and I'm like, wow. And I'll say it to Hamish. Hamish is now getting interested in being a DJ. Geo was a DJ. He loved it. And I just, I go, Wow, I get to relive that experience of loving my husband, loving music. And, it, you know, he's practicing. He's trying to be a DJ. And Gio was like, pro, he was amazing. And I laugh and I'm like, babe, that's great. Like, this is amazing. You know, I'm watching him and I'm reliving my old memories in a, in a beautiful way. Like, it's just beautiful. And I'm choosing it to be. But I suffered for a long time. So if you need to suffer, you need to suffer. But I, you know, my work is all about helping us not suffer. But it's going to look the way it needs to look for you. If you suppressed, you suppressed. You know you suppressed. If you're ready to handle it and deal with it, figure out a way to do so. Work on, work on it. Work with someone. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it anymore. If you're seeing a therapist and you don't like it, don't see it anymore. If you're with a life coach and you don't like it, don't do it. You want to light candles? Light candles. You want to turn music on? That's your thing. You figure it out for yourself. This is your experience. You get to have the experience that you need. And you don't need to listen to anybody else. You don't even need to listen to me. If this is serving you, great. I really wanted to talk about this. And Byron Katie, one of the things she says is when, when children die, young, young children, young people, people go, they didn't live a full life. And she goes, how do you know? Who are you to say that their two-month-old life wasn't a full life? And that shit is a punch in the face because it's true. What is a full life? I'm sorry, 99 years old? You could be 99 years old, pass away at 99 years old and never have lived your fucking life. You could have had a miserable life. So when someone passes away, whenever they do, consider that they lived a full life. That was their full life. Who are we to say that they didn't? We have no idea what that mission, what that vision, what that, that child, that woman, that man, that soul came here to do. And it has must have been complete. Again, that's not gospel. I don't know if that's true. I like to believe that people go when they're ready to go. When they need to go, they go. I don't like when they have to go. I wouldn't have chose Gio to die at that young age, but he did. Do I know the greater plan? No. She says again, Byron Katie, your business, other people's business, God's business. She goes, the only business you need to worry about is your business. But most of us are worried about other people's business. Or God's business. And I don't believe like the God, Bible God. That's I'm not talking about that God. I mean overall God, universe, spirit, whatever God you believe in, that. It's not my business if we have a tornado. That's nature. That's God. That's universe's business. 
How someone else does live or die, that's not my business. How my child comes in or out, I can't, I know it sounds like it should be my business, but it's not. It is above me. It is a greater plan. And we need to release that control so that we can understand that something else is going on and you don't have the answers to it. And I know that hurts, but consider there could be a greater plan going on. That's what I believe. And it helps me believe whatever you want to believe, whatever you believe. I hope that it serves you. I hope that this podcast served you. If you know someone who just passed away or sorry, had someone who just passed away and you think this will help them, please send it their way. And if you just had someone pass away, I'm sending you all my love right now in this message, in this podcast, my, my voice in your ears. I'm sending you all my love, all my blessings. I wish you peace. I wish you healing. I wish you happiness, joy, good health. And I wish that you could find a way to connect with those who you have lost, whether they be furry animals, whether they be real people, whether they be family members, whether they be loved ones. I know for a fact that you can connect back with those people the minute that you decide to. I love you so much and thank you for being here. My darling, we are in wild times right now. And in order for you to manage your mind and boost your immunity and be level-headed instead of panic, I want to invite you to consider online training, to consider joining a community, a sistership where you are going to be held, where you're going to be supported, where you have a safe space to unravel. And with all this time at home, you can actually better your life and work on yourself. Good news as well, I have now done a 12-month payment plan for the online sisterhood. So many women right now are experiencing trouble with their finances, losing their jobs, being single mothers, not knowing when their next money or paycheck is going to come from. And we are navigating that with our current sisterhood members. We are working with every woman that we can in order to support them in these tough times. And I hear you out there saying, I'd love to join the sisterhood, but I can't afford it. I can't afford six payments. So what I've done is made it a year-long program. It's a year-long program with a year-long payment plan. I really, really want you to consider if this is the time for you to join the sisterhood and work on yourself. It is available to you now. Let's do the damn thing. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes. Subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it. And if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to. And I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey. Bye.